Hello again, fellow citizens of the universe. You know, I was thinking that our users should probably be called, what do you think, universals? Some sort of, universe. like, what are you, a universion? Uh, if you live in the universe? Mm -hmm. University. <laughs> like, if you live on Mars, you're a Martian, so uh, universions. Univite. Yeah. Univite. Univite. <laughs> that sounds like a religion. Well, here's here's our first poll. What do you think? Are you a Univite or a uni universion? What do you want to be? Or just a damn boring old human. Yeah. University. Yeah. We're still trying to figure out the target market. Uh, um, so anyway, yeah, welcome back again to Before Lunch Ends. We have uh, we have ourselves here again today, uh, picking up from where we left off last week, talking about why quantum mechanics is such is the most experimentally validated theory of the universe that we've made so far, and what that kind of means. We're going to finish that topic today, and then hopefully also have a little bit of time to talk about entropy and get some interesting thoughts on that as well. So um, yeah, we'll go ahead and get started since we don't have too much time today. Um, Cooper, last week we were talking about quantum mechanics, again, why it's, you know, what are, it is the fact that it is the most um, experimentally validated quant, you know, uh, theory to describe the universe, yet it's so bizarre as a theory. Um, so what do you, th I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, so, so people tend to have problems with quantum mechanics because it makes so little sense. And that concept of like making sense in and of itself is tied to the human experience. Yeah. Because human. when you're looking at quantum mechanics, as far as we're <clears throat> concerned, as far as we know, quantum mechanics is the most fundamental picture of the universe, which means that the rules that govern quantum mechanics govern every single thing in the universe, you know, just at maybe a deeper scale. And that means that for the entirety of human civilization, we have been observing the world on like the second layer of information because we get the results of quantum mechanics, you know, the, the grander scale of the universe is the only thing that enters into the human experience. Quantum mechanics is so tiny and so insignificant at our scale that we have no experience that aligns with it. So we have developed our common sense, we've developed our intuition around what we've experienced and not around quantum mechanics and the fundamentals of the universe. So pretty much this is the analogy that we were actually discussing a little bit before this. You know, trying to determine you know, how, how the universe works on the second level of information is like trying to determine how a piano works by listening to someone play it, you know? No amount of songs you listen to on the piano are going to indicate to you that a piano is made out of strings and mallets hitting those strings. It's just not available to you. And on top of that, think about after only experiencing the piano via the sound, how absolutely obtuse and crazy it would seem that there's actually some mechanism underneath the sound that's causing those sounds to be made. That would you you would have no concept of that. You would not be able to rationalize that if you were just perceiving the piano from the sound, like you said. Right. right. Yeah. Like ding, ding, ding. Those yeah. are strings. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's actually a percussion instrument, right? A piano. It is. Yeah. yeah. It so is indeed. You think of percussion, you think of drums. Mm -hmm. But um, anything about pianos, yeah. it has strings. You know, right. Which... It's just hitting hitting a guitar with a stick. Right. Yeah. With yeah. a stick with cloth on it. That's right. all a piano is. But Pulled you would not be able yeah. to tell that just by listening to the notes. And that's kind of you know our relationship with quantum mechanics is it's definitely not going to make sense to us because 
our sense is completely separate from right. you know the actual picture of the universe. So the kind of the way I, I, I you know I listen to quantum mechanics and string theory and I, and I hear all of this and. Then, I kind of like in that <clears throat> analogy. I like to go back to okay. Well, how did the guy? How how did whoever build the piano? Yeah. So in in the way that we're so caught up in life, we rarely think about that perspective. Right. So how did how was the piano built? Maybe, yeah. Or and, or and it was it or did it just mm -hmm. happen by chance? Or even to continue the analogy, the piano analogy, which I think is great. You know our ability to inspect the piano. So we're coming at the piano strict, strictly you know, through our own perception, which in this analogy is we can hear it. And then through only being able to hear it, we have to develop the capability to inspect the piano or understand the mechanics of the piano, um, only, only starting from the senses that we have, uh, right. which I think is fascinating to to if if you if you think about that analogy think about how uh, how much time it would take and how honestly uh, awesome truly awesome it is for us to be for us to have um, a theory like quantum mechanics that is so incredibly weird yet we're able to kind of like pr prove some of it I guess or you know the math works out. What have They're you? Not proven experimentally, yeah, exper like, absolutely as definitive as it gets. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, just as real as we know gravity to be, mm -hmm. just as real as we know the fact that light exists and it has a speed limit. Yeah. That's quantum right. mechanics, even yeah. more so. It's just it's so it's I think it's truly awesome that we have that we've that we've determined this. Right, and and, and and the whole reason, not the whole reason, one of the primary reasons that you see that quantum mechanics has been so widely experimented and proven is because people don't believe it. You exactly. Know? It takes, <laughs> you know, pretty much you have to beat your intuition into submission in order to accept quantum mechanics because you can run the experiment and what you're going to get is something different every single time and the variance between those results is, you know, given to you by a probability. And that probability, we now know, determines everything else in the world. You know, the, the fundamental theory of quantum mechanics is that you don't get to see everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a good chance that you get to see this thing and a good chance that you get to see that thing, but you don't get to know either of those two things to absolute certainty. Right. And that troubles a lot of people. It troubled Einstein even to the day he died. I don't believe Einstein actually accepted uh, quantum mechanics in its fullest picture. You know, he was still of the the universe does not play dice mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and it, you know it, it's pretty hard to escape it, and that's kind of the the hard part about using these analogies is that they begin to break down when you get when you look at them too deeply. Because if, if the question comes, you know, who built the piano? <laughs> well, quantum mechanics is telling you that the only reason the piano is there is because the most likely scenario after X amount of time had passed is that the piano would exist. You know, if it was more likely that the piano wouldn't exist, then it wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. That's all that it is. And that's where entropy comes in is yeah. entropy, exactly. you know, people think of entropy as like a breakdown, a disorder, or people don't know what entropy is. Entropy is just the highest probability scenario eventually playing out over time. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's a fair segue. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Yeah. I was wondering how we're going to make that segue. <laughs> yeah. So... Tell us, tell us, yeah, Cooper again, our our uh, resident physicist uh, with the education amongst us in physics. Um, 
So yeah, could you give us a, a quick rundown on what is entropy? Absolutely. So entropy and the the idea of like the flow of time are inextricably linked to each other. And so entropy is just the tendency towards disorder. And what that means is much simpler than it leads on. If I have a brand new Mercedes-Benz that I just drove off a lot and it's sitting in my um, garage, there are very, very, very few states, you know, of all of the particles that make up the system of the brand new Mercedes-Benz, there are very few that can identically mimic that state. You know, very, very, you know, it could be just one. There could be only one state in which you have the perfectly clean working new uh, Mercedes-Benz. So what happens if I let that Mercedes-Benz sit in my garage for 30,000 years? Eventually, it's going to rust over, the parts are going to decay, and eventually it'll just be a pile of ash. Okay, so how many states can I, uh, you know, how many times, how many ways can I put together the particles to have a pile of ash as a result? Turns out, a lot. There are a lot of ways that you can organize all of the particles in this little pile and your end result is still a pile of ash. And that's the only reason why you end up with the pile of ash is because it's more likely that you'll have a pile of ash than not because there are more states that give you the pile of ash right. than the brand new Mercedes-Benz. Right. So that's all that entropy is. is yeah. Entropy is just a slave to, again, this idea of quantum mechanics where everything is probabilistic. Yeah. Entropy is telling you that eventually, over time, you will find yourself at the most probable state. So does, in that case, so given that, is entropy the reason for time? Without entropy, would there be time? Uh, aside, and then you can, and perhaps, you know, uh, tangential to that, our perception of time. But, but if there was no, if entropy was not constantly increasing in the universe, would there be time, is the question. A great question. So, I so time would still exist as a concept because time is just motion. You think about it. You know, the only way to corroborate that time is passing is if motion happens. You know, if you have one, you know, a ball is just sitting there in one frame, and the next frame it hasn't moved or done anything. You can't prove to me that time has passed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like time is just. Motion. So when you say so, motion, are you are you you mean literally motion? Like literally, a, literally in, in three dimensions. Anything changing. Yeah. Time is just change. So yeah. time doesn't require direction. And if you look at the equations mm -hmm. that describe, you know, even you know, relativity and quantum mechanics, quantum mechanics is harder because again probabilities. But anything that we deal with in the, in the real world, all of those interactions are time reversible, which means mm -hmm. you can successfully compute the equation in forward time and in backward time, yes. right? And that's where the idea of information and the conservation of information comes from, is if I take a drop, you know, a drop of red dye and, and put it into a sink of water, it's gonna start out as a small drop of red dye in a clear, uh, you know, tub of water. Eventually, the dye dilutes and I'll get this kind of diffuse red throughout the entire mm -hmm. sink. But if I had infinite information and I knew you know, the velocity and direction of every particle that made the red dye up at every point in time, I just reverse, you know, time reverse all of those, uh, those, those interactions, and I would get the exact same drop of red dye as it was before it entered. Yeah. So all of that stuff is totally time reversible. 
the, the reason that we have a flow of time is ex absolutely entropy. Yeah. Is because we know that a system is going to move towards the most probable state unless you are adding work to it, right? That's how humans exist because we are giving ourselves food. Food work is, you know, is just the energy we provide to ourselves with food is the work done on our body to keep us in this state of order, mm -hmm. you know? So the, <laughs> that's like, fascinating, right? And and we know that that you know there are more again more there are more states that would make up our you know pile of decayed mush. Yep, exactly. Than me sitting here, you know, with a brain that works and can speak and and things like that. So the moral of the story is obviously keep eating or you will yeah entropy will, entropy will entropy will take over yeah. and uh, you will turn into a pile of mush or ash exactly or yeah right. and so, so no, yeah so maybe it goes back to our earlier conversation the path of least resistance versus survival yeah like i have to work to survive but if i want entropy just to have its way with me i just take the path of least resistance mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so those could be yeah. like the extremes of our path through time right i want to stay within those domains right within right. those barriers like the boundaries of time can be determined by survival and path of least resistance, entropy right. and work. Right. And, you know, and, and entropy is not this, you know, perfectly understood phenomenon. Oh, I totally understand it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know that there are places where entropy breaks down, and you know, physicists have found entropy is consumed by itself. It breaks down. Yeah, so mm -hmm. so we, first, I guess we could talk about you know where this all ends, where this leads. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get the, the heat death of the universe is the most likely scenario for how you know everything dies. And what that means is because the, the heat death of the universe is kind of misleading because that makes it kind of sound like everything heats up and everything dies because of that. Mm -hmm. That's almost the exact opposite. So, so we were talking about you know how Time is change, you know what I mean? And in exchange, work, as I was saying before, is the only thing that you can use to counteract entropy. You need to consistently add work to a system to prevent entropy. You know, that's how you build an orderly system is you put work into it. Right. You know, you're putting energy into that, into that system. Well, in order to provide work, which work is just force over a distance, that's all work is, you need a gradient, and a gradient is just a difference in values from one point to another. It doesn't matter what those values are. It could be a temperature gradient, so it's colder on one side than it is on the other. You know, it could be an electrical charge gradient. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. As long as there is some difference between point A and point B, work can be done to either bring those two sets closer together in that gradient or farther apart. Yeah. So what's eventually going to happen is as the universe continues to expand and everything continues to spread out, things become more and more homogenized Smooth, as yeah. things you know, separate from each other. Which means and no gradient. Exactly, you'll get to the point where there is no gradient, there are no differences between any point of the universe and another point in the universe, so there can be no change in energy, there can be no movement of anything, you can't, you know, accentuate a gradient that doesn't exist. There's so no work to be done. Right, there will be no possibility of work and then nothing can happen in that universe. So this would go back to the flow of time. How do you perceive time after the heat death of the universe? 
I'm not really sure that you can. <laughs> you don't know? Because there's nothing that can distinguish, you know, there's no motion that can distinguish there's point nothing A changing. from point B. Entropy is no longer increasing. Right. right. And, you know, there are kind of hand-wavy workarounds. Like you could say quantum fluctuations are always changes or whatever, but hmm. quantum fluctuations are completely independent of work energy. That yeah. is just a consequence of probability. That, could, gets, that gets back to something you were saying earlier, it, Frank. Yeah, could it, is it the, the heat... Just the, con like the condensation of it, you know, after, yeah. after a certain Yeah, over time, point. could it reorganize itself? Is that is is, is that possible in the same way that a water evaporates and reorganizes itself as a cloud? Yeah. Well, you think, and it rains and it just does the cyclic. So, the, right, the, but water is not doing that on its own. You know, water requires the heat of the sun right. to uh, heat yeah. it out of you know the solid <laughs> state into the gaseous state. Yep. You just let water sit in a you know a room temperature room or whatever. Yeah. You keep the the room the same temperature of the water, it's not going to change in right. any way. Is that right. what you were referring yeah, to? Yeah, you were talking about earlier um, the heat death of the universe. Let's say that at that point, um, entropy is no longer increasing. That Would that be an ordered state? I mean, that's pretty orderful, so, I guess. So, I guess... So, Which so, is counterintuitive. Again, and, yeah. and again, so, so the, this concept of order is misleading because, yeah. you know, Order determines unique states, right? So if I've got, I'm in the heat death scenario mm -hmm. where every single particle is, you know, exactly equidistant from each other in exactly the same state. That is the maximum point of entropy because no matter what two particles I exchange, you know, if I take a particle from, you know, this galaxy, if you, they're not going to be galaxies. Sure. Yeah. Point, but if right. you just want to identify a location in space. Sure. From this point and replace it with one over there the state is still completely identical nothing mm -hmm. has changed mm -hmm. and you can do that with every single particle <clears throat> in the system nothing changes you know what i mean mm -hmm. i couldn't take a particle and then leave it you know in a different area without replacing it with something because that's me doing work right you know what i mean if i've added energy to the system which is displacing something and not replacing it with the opposite amount of energy yeah then you're cheating. Right, yeah, you're you can't do that introducing in Introducing external work. Yeah, right? in this thought experiment, yeah. So the heat death of the universe is, I guess you could say, infinitely entropic because every yeah. single particle in the system is yeah. not so unique. It, so it, any operation you make, as long as it's a, a, a um, energy conservative operation, yeah. nothing in the system changes. Right. It's, that becomes a very home, even though there's like, it's a very homogeneous system at that point. Yeah. So in a sense, it's inadvertently organized. I keep going back to that thought. Is mm -hmm. it right? And and, and it, that's that's where like and, I, the idea of like organization exactly. and complexity kind of. So we, we go us. almost. I'm thinking we almost go back to like pre Big Bang. Like we have the same one thing. It's I don't. I mean, I obviously don't know, but right. Could it somehow that state? Is that the state that started the Big Bang? Yeah, kind it's of, kind of like yeah. I mean, that's a it's the jump I want to figure yeah. out. Well, how so to that's get actually to if it's a valid question. Yeah. That's a know. really interesting topic. Is like is. how how did the universe you know come about? Like where where did all this energy from the Big Bang come from? And that is actually yeah. a much simpler, maybe less satisfying, but incredibly clean and beautiful answer. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, absolutely, it absolutely is. And, and, and so we we are we are running out of time. So right. I'll explain it really quickly. So so. so 
pretty much, if you look at the universe on a large scale, you'll find that it is a zero energy system. So you've got negative and positive energy. Negative energy is something that you know attracts, and positive energy is something that repels. So gravity is an attractive force. It brings things together, so it's negative energy. Uh, electromagnetism, you know, the thing that holds all the atoms apart from each other so that we can have structure, that's positive energy. That's where you get pressure, you know, because pressure is just an outward force. So you take up all the matter, which is positive energy, and you subtract it from all the negative energy, or sorry, you add it to all the sure. negative energy, yep. which is gravity, you get a net zero system. So if you've got a net zero energy system, that means that it requires zero work to create that system. So if you are in a quantum vacuum when there's nothing going on, you know that there are quantum fluctuations because quantum fluctuations is just the physical embodiment of the idea of probability. You know, probability means that there is not a definitive state. There is like you know a gradient of states. Right. You could say there is a spectrum of states. Right. So that means since you're not always picking the same state, the amount of energy in this vacuum is not always the same. So mm -hmm. quantum fluctuations are just representing those changes in energy. But there's no work being done there because it's all probabilistic. It's all probabilistic. Exactly. So in that system, a fluctuation, a zero work fluctuation in quantum energy can spontaneously allow a universe to be created because mm. a universe takes no work to, right. to begin. Right. You know. And, and all of the energy that's coming out of this Big Bang is simultaneously the negative energy stored within all of the matter mm -hmm. because the positive energy of the matter creates this gravitational influence, which is negative energy. So at any point in time, that giant ball that was the Big Bang was a zero energy system. Even though it seems incredibly energetic, all of the negative energy is still in there, balances out to zero. So if you let time pass in an empty vacuum, it you you would be very lucky to not have a universe exist, you know? <laughs> like, it's way more likely that something will what happen yeah. from infinite time playing out than not. So yeah. what's the most likely scenario that happened? Well, the most likely scenario is that there is this, and this is just me making whatever, there is, you know, some type of quantum frame, some type of quantum vacuum where there's constant fluctuations because that happens independent of any interaction of any energy. That's always happening. And then we know as infinite time plays out, which there's no reason to suspect that there hasn't been infinite time before this. Sure. It's more likely that there right. has been, if you, you, know, you even want to call it time. Sure. Then it's very most likely that this and probably other universes, so other, you know, fluctuate fluctuations that turn into these runaway, you know, catastrophic situations as you want to call them happen are all, happening all the time. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's where you get this idea of the multiverse because it's much more likely that this has been happening constantly than it only happened once. Sure. You know, like this idea that we're the only universe, we're the only life in the yeah. galaxy. You know, this is all it's like just not privileged and there's no reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The statistics do not play in the favor of us being the only instance of anything. Right. Not the only instance of life, not the only instance of a universe. universe. Right. So that's uh, that okay yeah this is where we need to pick up uh, next week there's actually some topics we still didn't even get to but unfortunately we are lunch has ended <laughs> so, yeah. so we are being dragged out of the door right kicking now. and screaming nonetheless all right thanks for listening again guys uh, when you get a chance please comment below or somehow give us an indication about whether we are striking a chord with you so we can make this better and, and make it longer and longer yeah. Right, yeah so we'll talk again soon